Hello and welcome to another episode of the STG podcast, where we speak about science, technology, gaming, and other stuff. And today we have the first part of the discussion about nuclear waste management with Jarko uh, Stemforce from Posiva. And Posiva is the company that takes care of the nuclear waste management and long-term storage of the waste in Finland. Hi guys. Hi all listener. Uh, yeah, I'm Jarko. I'm uh, I have been in Posiva like in like six years doing a lot of stuff uh, like in spent nuclear fuel business. <clears throat> so so the first of all, if you like to if you like to hear who is Jarko. So mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. For, it's much better when you introduce yourself because yeah, yeah. you know yourself so, better than us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks. Yeah, I have uh, like 20, 22 years industrial experience in <clears throat> in Finland, uh, mostly in in pulp and paper industry. So, <clears throat> and the last six years I I have been in in nuclear industry, and I. I'm working in Olkiluoto, so so I have been working in TVO nuclear power plants also, but mostly in, in Posiva around the spent nuclear business. Oh, <clears throat> I've been project manager like like the past ten years, doing lot of uh, different kind of projects infra projects uh like uh big power plant projects then just uh some equipment projects and, and so on so uh i'm mostly project manager also i'm nowadays in Posiva, uh unit manager uh the the final disposal equipment unit and also in in our big project I'm leading the equipment program. So the equipment and the process is is like the my responsibility in Posiva. Okay, so quite a lot of stuff. And uh, so basically to really understand, are you working in okay, first of all, because I know what we are speaking about, but maybe the people that listen don't. What do you do at Posiva? Actually, actually, Posiva is, is just just making the final disposal. Uh, we have done this business like like the past forty years. So when TVO in Olkiluoto and, and Fortum in Lovisa started the nuclear power plants, they had a like a first design also of the of the spent nuclear final disposal plant so then they figured out how they will uh, like eventually uh, dispose the nuclear waste so so the research work has been ongoing for for the 40 years and uh, Posiva actually was established in uh, 1995 when the Finnish government made a decision that that all the spent nuclear waste uh, coming from the nuclear power plants uh, 
all the waste must be disposed in Finland, so we are not allowed to to send transfer the waste to the you know the like like the Russia. Uh, so Lovisa Lovisa transferred the the nuclear waste to Russia until 95. Uh, it was part of the deal uh, when the Russians built the built the nuclear power plants to two reactors in Lovisa that also they want to you know take back the spent nuclear fuel but 95 the the government of Finland decided that it's now over we don't send the fuel to Russia anymore so so then the Posiva was established and both Fortum and TVO teollisuuden voima uh, they were like the owners <coughs> and <coughs> teollisuuden voima yeah teollisuuden voima has uh, 60% and and Fortum has 40% ownership of the Posiva Okay, and the point of Posiv, I guess, is uh, it's not a company that makes really a business. It's just uh, a company that is there to take care of the the waste. Actually, we just use the money. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> lots, lots, lots and lots of money. So, so uh, TVO and Fortum produces the electricity and and makes the income, but but we just spend spend yeah. the money <laughs> so so uh, possible is uh sort of uh, disposal of money as well yeah as, as well yeah yeah but we try to make the business as safe as possible so that that requires money a lot yeah i guess that's the, the point that the like uh, the the business and the profit is in the power generation generation and then of course the waste management it's uh it's where you spend the money mm, yeah okay. but of course the money has been gathered from the 70s so so yeah. when the when the first nuclear power plant uh was was like taking over uh from 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 then they decided that they will they will you know get the money out from the electricity price and and somehow try to figure out the how to how to dispose the waste and now yeah. we are spending that money it's part so, of the cost of the electricity yeah yeah it has been like like yeah. the past 40 years so so we are not spending the money uh from from nowadays you know the 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 like the people's wallets so yeah. the money money has been gathered already all right so before we start and go deep into the the topic i have a quick question like what is uh, a typical day for you at work like what is really that you're doing to take take care of this a really really good question uh nowadays when we are all engineers we are all at home uh the typical days we just are in the virtual meetings skype meetings or just phone calling all over the world uh if you had asked a couple of months ago then i was traveling all over the europe in meetings in discussions in negotiations 
so <clears throat> so it was mostly traveling uh two months ago now it's just being at home and try to somehow keep the schedules but it's not really easy it's uh it's interesting that you're actually traveling a lot to take care of the waste and nuclear like <clears throat> the nuclear waste in finland and you're traveling all around europe that's i guess I it's get... not just so... a problem of finland uh, yeah, and I mean that sounds also to me. You mentioned before that you you have uh, lots of responsibility and and basically being being a um, sort of leader in, in in some some of these projects. Then I guess that sounds sounds like what project leader should do is is coordinate the project and then try to gather information and contact from from elsewhere so you can give knowledge and gain knowledge. Whereas if you're sort of a just just a you know newly graduated engineer then probably you do something that's more related to sort of what you what you studied and what you know and obviously you don't have that sort of responsibility so you don't have that you don't have those those uh you don't have to like go around whereas if you're project manager or leader then then you probably have to do that a lot more mm -hmm. yeah actually we have a lot of stakeholders also also the big stakeholders in in all over the europe uh mostly the suppliers are, are, are european german friends italian uh, of course we have uh, in finland uh suppliers but but uh, we have to rely on on the uh european suppliers uh for example in 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 france there are like like 60 or, or so uh nuclear reactors in germany germany many many reactors so so they have done this kind of industry they have done these kind of uh, safe nuclear related equipment so of course we are relying on them also making this as safe as possible but uh, for what i understood is that finland that and this site and that Posiva is taking care of is the only one in Europe that is doing this type of work. Do you have any idea how the, I guess, yes, or whatever you can say about the, what is the rest of Europe doing about the problem? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, uh, Posiva is the first. Posiva is leading now the, the, this waste industry. But of course, the equipment and, and the design bases are quite the same in in nuclear power plants so we are making uh, the transfer of the of the spent nuclear fuel we are making making the movements with same kind of like equipment when we when we when we move the assembly from the big cask to the copper canister so so actually the equipment is quite the same in nuclear power plant but in our plant it, it's more safe because we don't have the reactor that we we know somehow make more safe uh yeah what kind of uh what kind of sort of volumes or or amounts of stuff um are we speaking here like kilos kilograms or or i mean i don't have i don't have any idea how much sort of fuel uh nuclear power plant consumes in a year or or a month or or something uh, i have the figures here i i have to dig 
dick but uh, uh for the previous question it's also that uh there are many companies making this business right nuclear fuel business but the finnish company posiva is the first one with which has really the uh the license to construct the facilities the the encapsulation plant and final disposal plant and we we are now making the the like the operational license application so so mostly mm, in the european waste management companies are now making the like the site selection so they don't have the site they don't have the like the uh, sort of social acceptance that they they could like go to to some some city and say that now we are making the final disposal here sorry so so positive is leading because we have the site we have the social acceptance we have the really safe and old uh, bedrock yeah, that's kind of an advantage, advantage of Finland. Also, the fact that the site is in the near the power plant, so it's kind of doesn't move very far. So the people living, well, I mean, near. I mean, it's just uh, is the site still in the same island as the power plant, right? Yes. Yeah. So, so I mean, they they don't live super near, and they already have the power plant. So for them, it's like I guess it's not a big change. Yeah. Yeah. You are right. And also, if you if you look the big picture, we are 450 meters underground. Uh, yeah, it's 450 meters of rocks. Yeah. Uh, now, when you asked about the amount of fuel, uh, I don't have the the tons because they are of course the tons, but also the nuclear power plants are producing more and more. And and also their operation operational license has been like postponed that they they can keep on doing the electricity. So, but but the amounts uh, we have in one reactor we have olkiloita uh, one and two we have five hundred assemblies the fuel assemblies. And, uh, in fuel assemblies we they are you know the uranium pellets inside of of these these like uh, metal metal bars and the assemblies uh they are they are changed annually uh like 130 to 150 uh assemblies are changed in in the annual annual uh like the maintenance break I looked at our internet. It's it's now like like eleven weeks. We are making the first like fuel fuel feeding to the reactor. So so then Olkiluoto three is also producing the spent nuclear fuel to us. So one hundred and fifty assemblies per year are changed from the reactor. And how many do you fit in in one of one of the copper containers? Olkiluoto uh, one and two fuel are feed. Uh, they are they are placed to twelve assemblies. 
Algilo the three mm. fuel is bigger. There are space to four, four of this big, because also Lovisa fuel is quite small. There are space for twelve. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we are going a bit too far <laughs> because I I know some of these things. So it's so let's uh, yeah. let's start from from the the beginning. Basically, uh, so we have a power plant. You put the uranium fuel in there. You consume it or like use it in the power plant, and then after it's used, taken it out, and then you have to wait uh, a certain time for the the fuel to cool down. So how is yeah. that process to be done? Yeah, actually, it's average twenty years that that it must be cooled down before we are making the the final disposal. Uh, it produces quite a lot uh, uh, radiation and heat when it's when it's like like a quite fresh from the reactor. So we have to wait more or less twenty years. Of course, they are they are older fuel now in in our uh, interim storages. So so first of all, when it's when it's changed from the reactor, it is cooled down in, in the pools uh, near to the reactor, like four to five years. And then we trans transfer that fuel with, with this big cask, transfer cask. Uh, we transfer it to our interim storage, which is, uh, uh, it is like a swimming hall. So it has really, really much uh, water pools, uh, really, really high water pools. So, so we are cooling down the, the spent nuclear fuel there. So is the, is the water in the, um, in the cooling facilities just for the heat or is also working for the, like is the fuel still producing neutrons and other like is the water also for that? Yeah, uh, I think the amount of water is is more or less uh, fifty centimeters needed for the radiation. So the radiation is okay. Why? But but of course we need a lot of water that we must get the. Uh, yeah, so it's mostly the the heat that comes out that then needs to be stopped. Yeah, but when when it's cooled down in in the interim storage, then we then we are after after four years we are starting the uh, disposal. Then we transfer the fuel to the encapsulation plant. Okay, any question, Johanna? Um, not yet. Okay. Uh, yeah, because this also came to my mind in the in the way while we were speaking. How do you transport the fuel from the Lovisa that is uh, near Helsinki, so in the south of Finland, and then you need to transfer it to the Posiva, uh, in, like the Eurojoki where the power plant and the site is. That is like I would not say middle Finland, that's a little bit 
but it's, it's quite quite far away. So how do you transfer those? Yeah, actually, it's 400 kilometers more yeah, or less. <laughs> yeah. So we have, uh, of course, we have several plans, but the I think the the most likely the two two like like uh, uh, first plans are that we we transfer it uh, the road, and then the second plan is that we transfer it by ship. By shipping that fuel from Lovisa, there are there are some challenges because we we have to handle that that fuel also with uh, with the vehicles, and then we then we need some kind of uh, uh, safety related hoisting equipment. Uh, we are not we are not hoisting the the spent nuclear fuel with with just regular or, or standard equipment it it must be kind of safety related uh, redundant and and really like well designed equipment so but there are a lot of challenges mostly like commercial challenges because those uh, but but the ship exists so so we have uh, or the Swedish, Swedish Posiva, which is SKP, they have uh, this kind of uh, ship that is capable of, of uh, transferring the nuclear fuel. So it's, it's one possibility. But I think the best possibility is, is using the trucks, big, big safe casks, and, and then go, go by road in somewhere yeah. through the middle of Finland. Okay, interesting. Yeah, because this is always when you speak about nuclear power, most of the people don't really know how anything works because it's not something that it's easily seen. So it's always nice to know how these things are done. And the first thing is always you do the thing as safe as possible. Like people are not there to do shit, a shitty work. The whole point is to make it as as best as you can. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, then I guess when everything is in the site, then you have already all the equipment there, so it gets so much easier once you are near the site. And yeah, for that, it's like how is the how is the site built? Like, what where are these spent fuel going? Actually, uh, in general, we are we are in the middle of the Olkiluoto Island. Uh, the nuclear power plants are in the west side of of this island. Uh, we have uh, we have, of course, a lot of tunnels underground. But above these tunnels, we are building nowadays the encapsulation plant. So. So the fuel is, is first first encapsulated. So it's transferred from the transport cask to the copper canister. And there are there are many steps when you make that encapsulation. So uh, 
you can stop me if, if I'm going too, too deeply in the details, but, but firstly, the cask is, yeah, first the cask is arriving in, in our receiving hall area <clears throat> where we have uh, this really big uh, nuclear related crane, which is ha handling the, the transport cask. Uh, the crane is, is first uh, hoisting the cask and then the cask is lowered in the, in the downstairs corridor. So the downstairs corridor is going through the whole encapsulation plant and we have two corridors. Uh, first corridor if, is for the transport cask and the second corridor downstairs is for, is for the canisters, the copper canisters. And uh, the corridors are going uh, uh, downstairs. Uh, they are going under the uh, fuel handling cell. And this is the place where you where you move the fuel from the cask to the canister and what you what you make to the fuel first you dry it so we have the drying station uh, and, and drying the fuel means that you take away the water that is there or is that something else yes all okay. the mole molecules the water yeah. molecules so the drying is is made uh with with under pressure Hmm. So, so we we suck the air uh, so much that the air air, air uh, the the water is uh, vaporized, and when the all the water is out, we we know when we look at the the pressure curves, the pressure diagram, it's even. So so when the pressure is not shaking anymore. Then we know that there are uh, no mole molecules of water left in the assemblies. Yeah. So when the assemblies are really, really dry, then we uh, then we move those to the canister. And then so technical question: Why is the how? What would be the problem with the water being in there? Actually, the problem with the water is that uh, it might might lead to some criticality problems. So the criticality like oxidization of the copper, I would imagine. Oh, actually, uh, if you if you mix the spent nuclear fuel and water, lots of water in in some kind of uh, geometry, you might create a nuclear reactor. Ah, okay. Yeah, it's like uh, you do you evaporate the water too fast or? Uh, no, actually, if oh, it's really reacting with the fuel. Yeah, it's the fuel is activated all ah, over again, okay. so so the the chain reaction is is starting. Okay, interesting. So yeah, so we we need to make sure that the chain reaction, the criticality is yeah. is is not happening. Okay. Okay, but uh, when we have moved all the fuel to the canister, 12 assemblies, uh, then we change the, the atmosphere from the canister. 
Sovi Sako oltiin Oksiden Otsitsen Out, NV, Viluste, Agon Gas, Valves, and Letti Agon Gas, Floatity Canister. So the Agon Gas is, is quite good, good as to, you know, to, to avoid the uh, like challenges in, in the Yeah, it's not gonna react with anything, not gonna oxidize uh, anything. Yeah, yeah. So the welding is is then uh, in good quality when when we have the argon gas in yeah in inside. Uh, how is this actually sort of done? This uh, I imagine that there's no one with rubber gloves moving the pellets, so you have some sort of uh, machines which. Or, or you know, some some sort of machines are operated from from afar or something. Yeah, good question. Uh, not like these are robots, but but those are really highly automated. Of course, we are making the decision uh, to move those. So actually, we are we are making the choices, not the automation. So this is not like like coded so that this is fully automated but we are making the choices that now go to that location and so on uh, but we are <clears throat> we are controlling all these equipment in in one control also we have we have uh, windows that we can look to the fuel handling cell and these windows are made made from lead and those are really expensive ones <laughs> so actually the fuel hand handling cell is uh, i don't know the the actual number uh, in nutshell those are really expensive windows mm. yeah i can imagine so so we are in control room we see the fuel handling cell we see actually the the fuel assemblies which are radiating radiating like 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 really much so so you you cannot go to that fuel handling cell when, when they are uh hanging uh like inside the cell on uh those are like non-protected so how really how really really hot hot yeah. room uh how long does it take to sort of do this process so so uh, sort of put the uh, remove the stuff remove the uh, fuel from uh from the casks and then put it into the copper canisters is it hours or days or 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 weeks or how long does this part of the process take because i assume i imagine i imagine that you want it to be sort of obviously as fast as possible i mean as fast as it can be while still being as safe as possible but Yeah, actually, our, our encapsulation plant production is is not so critical to to have that fast. Uh, the Swedish company SKP is making that really really fast. They have they have uh, four times more production than us. We have uh, basically calculated 40 to 60 uh, canisters per year. So. Ah. So it's it's average number, but 
it's uh, one per week production, one canister per week. And we have calculated that uh, if everything's going fine and, and so on, uh, we can do that in, in two or three days, but most likely one canister will will last like like four days to produce. Okay. They, they, they are time consuming phases. Uh, when we receive the cask, we have checked the we, we we must check all the all the like contamination that it's it's not not having any substances in in outer uh, surfaces and, and so on. Uh, so so most likely the the you know the time consuming phases are some inspections and uh, approvals and and so on. But when it's in in the process, it's uh, it's hours. Uh, the mo most time-consuming phase is when it's in uh, trying station. Uh, it's it's four to five hours to to try uh, twelve assemblies in the mm. station, and then we, of course, we move those, and and the movements are quite slow in fuel handling cell, so we are not making any any hurries. Uh, yeah, but. But, but the process is still sort of something that can be done in case of some sort of emergency. It can be sort of when, when it has has started, it can be sort of finished quite quite quickly. Sort of if, if uh, the proverbial shit is about to hit the fan, then sort of stuff can be sped up. Actually, well, we, we are not in hurries. We, we don't have that kind of... Uh accidents that require speed so if something happens we can we can just shut the uh like the air conditioning and then go to lapland and and uh then we can spend like week and, and sort out what the hell we should do so that's that's one design basis of our plan that we can stop it and it's in safe condition. It's it's not making any like uh, like pollution. So it's it's really in safe mode when it's stopped. And we 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 have all the time in the world to figure out what what we what we will do, how we will fix this, how we will uh, vacuum clean the places if we have broken something. Okay. Our, okay. Our, our plant is is sort of super safe. We can shut the power, shut everything, and then it's in in safe mode. Okay. Okay. So at this point, you like uh, you're putting the spent fuel into these copper containers. That uh, so first of all, uh, why is it copper and not steel or? any other metal is there a reason for that uh, actually it's it's our site uh, design basis also in in sweden the copper is is the concept of this type of final disposal uh, it's because we have lot of uh, groundwater in our site 
and the groundwater is also salty. But but the copper is is non-corrosive substance. Uh, it's copper like five centimeters canister. So so it's taking long time to corrode. Yeah, so it's basically to, yeah, to keep it there as long as possible because it yeah still with water it will not be mm, yeah actually the this the Swiss company Nacra has has a canister also uh German German one concept of of German final disposal is to to put the uh, steel canisters inside of uh, salt formation so the salt is of course keeping the groundwater out uh, swiss have uh, like 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 uh, they have uh, clay formations in in their their uh, underground facilities so it's keeping the so if if you don't have the water of course the steel is the yeah. real so it just depends on the situation of the site yeah yeah okay and then uh, so just uh, inside this there are this this copper pipe basically and then you just put the fuel inside and then close it and that's it or is there some something that like uh, if you close them then they are closed and you hope nothing ever gets in basically or yeah actually <clears throat> actually after after the canister has left the fuel handling cell we have the second uh, cell which is uh which is a welding station cell or room there we we have the welding station and the copper lid copper lid is waiting when the canister ar arrives the welding station uh, pulls the lid to the copper canister and then it it uh, welds the 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 seam so that it's it's really really uh, leak tight so the uh, the method is friction steel welding and it's like machining machining uh, equipment so it is not smelting the copper but mm. but the copper is so hot that it is moving but not okay. not really like like smelting the copper so the the quality of the quality of the copper is is uh like like uh better when you don't don't uh smell yeah it. if you melt it then yeah, yeah then it, you don't know how really how the the solid copper again is gonna behave or it's a bit harder to control i would imagine and it it's taking it's taking substances and and so on from the from the air and I, uh, yeah, yeah. So I, I'm not the expert, but yeah, but I, yeah, but the... I, I know that it it must must be kept under the smelting point. Yeah. 
Okay, so at this point, uh, the canister is ready. The canister is ready. Then, then you just uh, put the canister uh, onto a pallet, and the canister with the pallet is is uh, moved to the storage with the forklift, basically. We have uh, we have storages uh, in encapsulation plant and also in our underground storages. All right, this was the first part of the discussion, and we're gonna have a second part soon. I hope you enjoyed until now, and uh, if you have any comments or you want to share something with us, come at, on Twitter at stg underscore podcast. Until next time, have a nice day, night, morning, wherever you are. Bye bye.